Hello and welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show. Today I'm on location at the Tops International Arena where the Global Champions Tour is taking place. Joining me today is Laura Kraut. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Okay, let's start off. Can you give our audience a brief introduction to your career to this point? Uh, well, I've been riding for a long, long, long time, probably about 45 years. Um, I've been fortunate enough to uh, grow up in the United States where I went through all the ponies and the hunters and a little bit of equitation, not a lot. I wasn't very good at that. Uh, and then uh, later in life, started to ride the jumpers. And uh, over the last 20 years, um, I've had some great owners, great horses, great support, and I've been able to you know, jump internationally, come to venues like this, and uh, yeah, um, been to a few Olympics, done, had some success there, and here we are today. How did you get your start into the horses? Uh, my mother was a horse person, and so we were, we were uh, growing up in Virginia, which is also horse country, and just, I mean, I was, I was bitten by the horse bug at birth, I think. Uh, both myself and my sister, Mary Elizabeth, we just, that's all we've ever done. So it's, it's like eating, sleeping, and horses. Do you remember your first pony or your first horse? Of course, I remember every one. Um, but my first pony was, we called him Sai. His name was Siamese Cat. And he was uh, a cart pony. And uh, he was horrible. <laughs> but we loved him anyways. I loved him more than anything. He was a little buckskin. And he wouldn't canter. He would just trot, trot, trot as fast as he could. And then if I kicked him and tried to get him to canter, he would run to the corner at the trot, put his head down, and throw me off. So, But I still loved him. It was, uh, I, I had some challenging ponies in the beginning, and I think, uh, yeah, I always love them anyways, even though they throw me off all the time, uh, just because, you know, they were like my pet, so. And was there a point when you knew that you were going to do this as a career? Yeah, I'm pretty sure at like six years old, I knew that I was going to do this. Uh, it was just never even a question. So I think when, when it came time for me to go to college and my father, you know, was adamant that I was going to go to college and uh, I just, I didn't, I, I felt it was a colossal waste of time. I went, I went for a semester and at the end of it, I uh, was, you know, raking up bills for, uh, I didn't have the money to pay. So I was getting student loans and uh, I just said to my dad, you know, I think, think I'm wasting time and definitely I can't afford this and so I'm not going to go anymore and he said that's fine don't go anymore but you know you're on your own then in a nice way um so yeah from that day forward I worked and got you know developed the business and did things and it was a long it took a long time it was not an easy road, but it was better than sitting in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And now we find ourselves here at the top of the sport at the Global Tour. Um, how are you finding the circuit, and uh, how is the traveling and all the different venues? Well, the traveling is is uh, tedious these days, obviously, with um, the world the way that it is. Traveling is not as luxurious and fun as it used to be. And um, I think it's uh, over here, it's... You know, every week we're on an airplane um, going to a new place, which is exciting. I'm on about year 10 or 11 of doing it, so it's a little less exciting. But when you get to come to a venue like this here, 
um, or Aachen or Rome or what you know that it, it makes it all worth it so um, I just try not to think about it I pack my I've got packing down to a science I can pack unpack repack and and be at an airport um, without even really thinking about it anymore and what what impresses you the most about the tour and maybe your favorite location um, well, this tour is, is incredible because they do have so many fantastic and varied locations. So, you know, you have this beautiful venue here um, with the gra big grass field and the woods and the, the facilities are unbelievable. I've never been here. I mean, I hadn't been here since he's rebuilt and done everything, but it's definitely worth coming to see. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I can't think of much it can be compared to. Uh, then you also have interesting venues like Monaco, where you're right on the harbor, um, and it's you know very glamorous. Not maybe not so much for the horses; it's a little bit harder for them. But uh, there's a lot of uh, great places. Hamburg also. I, I I don't know which one is my favorite. I, I tend to lean towards these kind of the big grass fields. Shanti is beautiful. Um, I think Rome, I've not been to the venue in Rome, but I've heard that it's really great. So I'm going there and I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. Could you share with us a favorite success quote that you have? A success quote? <laughs> um, gosh, well, I mean, I think that, I think for sure for me, I think that in order to get, be successful in this sport, you really have to focus on the positive and, and not dwell on the negative. Because there is a lot of negative. I mean, there's, we have a very small win ratio. Even the best riders are barely at 2% winning. So you have to find um, your victory in, in the smaller challenges, not necessarily the ribbon. You know, so maybe your horse uh, did something better today than it had done before. It jumped the triple nicer than it did the last time, or uh, it steadied better than it did the last time, or whatever. Um, so if, I think if you allow all the negatives to be at the front of your mind, you will have a hard time surviving in this. I think it will get you down. So I, I think you try to focus more on the positive and, and you have to obviously acknowledge, you know, the, the things you have to work on, but not let it define who you are. And do you have any strategies for keeping positive? Well, I mean, I don't really have any strategies other than something I've just sort of done uh, for my whole career. And that is, I think a lot of it is, is if, if you really, if you love the animal, uh, which I love horses, uh, you know, you, it's, it's like having your own child. I mean, you know that they have shortcomings, but you know, you, you'd rather think about the things that they do well. <laughs> and I think it's the same with the horses. I mean, I think, you know, you, you have to say, okay, this horse, uh, yeah, he has a right drift, but gosh, he jumps great. You know, if I can fix that, he's fantastic. He's, you know, I, I think you just have to, uh, like I said, figure out what makes them a little bit better um, but but know that they're hopefully good enough and and stay persistent to try to get there. Excellent. Could you share with the audience a challenge or failure that you've had in your life and how you've overcome that? Well, I've had a lot. <laughs> um, I can't even really think 
uh, one specific uh, moment because there have been many, many. I think, you know, when you have a, a very, very bad round in the in the ring or if you fall off or you, you do something, you know, that you know is just ridiculously stupid, uh, I think one of the main things is to realize that every single rider that's out there from Ludger Beerbaum, you know, to the short stirrups, um, somebody, they're all at one point going to do that at least once or more. So to make sure you don't really worry about what other people think, uh, be disappointed with yourself, but don't worry about the 10, uh, 10, you know, peers that are out there making fun of you. I think, uh, one of the hardest parts in our industry is the, um, injuries to the horses. I think that's for me been a real struggle. Um, there have been points in my career where I've had, you know, four or five horses that I think are ready to go, and I've got a great schedule, and then little by little, one gets hurt, then the next one gets hurt, and then all of a sudden you find that you're not with a string of horses anymore, and then you're sort of struggling to get to the competition, and you're bringing the eight-year-old that probably shouldn't be there but because the older one is hurt. And, and so that is uh, knowing and then knowing when to say, you know what, I got to I got to step back because this is not working anymore. Um, that that's a hard that's a difficult thing. And and, and oftentimes it's difficult to uh, figure out what's wrong with them. You know, I think I have one of the best vets in the world, but still the horses don't speak. And still it's. Uh, you know, practicing medicine. So, you know, he's giving me his best educated guess, but with the horses, you don't always know the ins and the outs. So for me, that's probably one of the harder challenges. What is one thing that you're really excited about right now? Well, I'm really, really excited about I've, uh, the horses that I have. I've got some... Uh, Really, really nice um, nine-year-olds, so young and, and sort of just starting the career at the top. Um, I've got some really nice younger ones coming along. I've got some wonderful owners that are so supportive, um, which is just, you know, it makes it so much easier. They are all supportive. They're all horse people. They all understand the ups and downs. Uh, that's that's one of the nicest things to have. It, it, it's It's... The job is very difficult when you have an owner that doesn't understand, you know, why did you knock that pole down? And uh, so I've got, you know, really great supportive owners. So with the horses and the owners, it's um, very lucky, particularly at the state of where I am in my career. Is there something that you're really good at teaching a horse or a rider? Is there something that you just, you feel that you have a knack for? I'm not really sure the answer to that. I, I like teaching. I like riding young horses. I would say maybe I have I have patience. Uh, I've I've been doing this for so long, and and I'm aware that things just don't happen overnight. And um, you know, to demand that a rider learn to do something or a horse learn to do something right then and there uh, is is almost impossible, so maybe I just have patience. I don't know. <laughs> and what do you think has um, uh, has attributed you to being able to do this for so long? I'm really stubborn. <laughs> I, uh, I just really enjoy it. I think that I feel like I'm 
you know, one of those lucky people that gets to make a living at something that I really love to do. As I said before, I love horses, anything to do with them. Um, and, you know, once you sort of are at the top of the sport and you have a bit of success, it's addictive. You know, it's, I, I just crave doing it and finding that next great young horse or, or going to that next, you know, amazing venue and, and trying to beat the best in the world. And I think that, uh, I, it's just kept me motivated for, as, well, for a long time now, and uh, I, I feel very proud and, you know, and happy that I get to keep doing what I'm doing. What is the best advice that you have ever been given? Oh, gosh. I couldn't begin to tell you that. I, I think that, you know, I get advice from so many people about so many varieties of things, you know, from business to uh, st teaching or, or working with students to working with young horses and there's you know I think that rather than saying what's the best advice I've ever been given I think I would say that I really keep my an open mind and I, I listen and I will take advice from almost anyone I might filter and say okay well I didn't like that advice or but I think that you know in this world, everyone is continuously learning. I think till the day you die, you can learn something new each day about horses and people. And so I think uh, I think I take advice from everyone and and or listen to advice, I should say, uh, from everyone and and take what I need from that. Okay, now we're going to head to the racetrack round. What does the first sixty minutes of your day look like? <laughs> The first 60 minutes of my day are getting up, uh, brushing my teeth, washing my face, getting a coffee, going down to the stable, and getting on the first horse. And so that would be the first 60 minutes of my day, every day. And do you check your phone right away? Uh, normally my phone is my alarm, so I switch the alarm off. And then if there's something that's popped up on the screen, I'll look at that. But actually, no, uh, not necessarily. Good for you. It's uh, good self-discipline. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I live in England for a lot of the year, and America isn't awake when I wake up. So normally, there's nothing that's very pressing for the first five hours of my morning. Um, do you have a one quick fix that we can take to the stable today that will make us a better rider? Oh dear, quick fix that will make you a better rider. Oh gosh. Uh, again, I'll go back to just staying positive. I think so many riders tend to be negative uh, or uh, afraid or whatever. And I think, you know, figure out what you're afraid of and work out a positive way to think about it. Is there a book uh, or a resource that um, you feel that every rider should read or access or look at? It's been so long. We've talked about this recently. I used to read tons of books when I was young. You know, uh, Gordon Wright from America, he wrote an incredible book. What was it? I think it was called Learning to Ride, Hunt, and Show or something. But, I mean, I'm 50 now, and I think I read those books when I was like 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. Um, George Morris's book, uh, Hunt Seat Equitation, I think. His newest book is really good as well. Um, <laughs> The there's some great um, old masters of horsemanship, La Tower. Um, yeah. Anyways, I've read all of them, and I think it's very interesting. And I think that 
um, again, it's just like I said, you should have an open mind, read the book, take from it what you think you can utilize and, um, and don't use what you don't like. What is one thing about riding that you wished you learned earlier? Uh, that's a good question. What is one thing about riding I wish? Uh, well, I think because I grew up riding hunters and ponies, um, I was very uh, passive. Uh, I was a very passive rider, very um, soft and, and not necessarily effective. Um, so I think that was great for that career. But when I started to do the jumpers, it was it took me a long time to to be more aggressive, to be stronger, to be a stronger rider. So I guess I would say that. Okay, so our last question. Imagine you wake up one morning and you are a 17-year-old working student. You have a place to live, your food and basic needs are all met. You have all the knowledge you have now, but you don't have a horse, you don't know anybody, and you only have $500. How would you start your new life? Well, I would try to find the best person that you could to go to work for and prove to them that you have what it takes. Uh, the probably the smartest plan would be to go to somebody that's nearer retirement than than uh, than they are starting out. Um, generally, you know, you take somebody like uh, John Whitaker or whatever. I mean, he's he's a master. He and he's uh, you know probably not going to be riding for 20 more years and uh, prove that you're worth what you know worth putting uh, the effort and horses into. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, so this is the end of the show. Is there a place where people can follow you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? I think I am. I'm definitely on um, Facebook and Instagram, and I have a website, laurakraut.com. Um, and, yeah, I'm, uh, I try to – I put pictures on Instagram as often as I can, as, as often as I can think about it. Um, and the Facebook – page is done by somebody else because <laughs> I'm not very good at that but uh, anyways yeah that would probably be the best way to see uh, they're mainly of my horses so great thank you very much and uh, good luck with the rest of the show thank you